This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be talking to John Martellero from the Mac Observer, and we'll also hear from Kirk McElhern, sometimes, occasionally, on a rare occasion, known as the iTunes guy for Macworld Magazine. We'll have all this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. You know, when we talk about technology, we talk about science fiction sometimes because of the things we learn from science fiction, like the original clamshell phone from Motorola, based on the Star Trek communicator, of course. Wasn't, we, wasn't that phone called the Star TAC, T-A-C? Yes, it was. The Star TAC okay. as opposed to the Star Trek, so Gene Roddenberry wouldn't enrich himself, nor would, <laughs> of course, Paramount Pictures, who owns Star Trek franchise. We were also mentioning before we started, we were joking here because I sent a message to John saying we'd be hooking up in like a half hour or something on Skype, and he says, Roger... And the first thing I thought of was Roger, like in the movie Airplane, where someone named Roger says, Roger, Roger. And then we started talking about Leslie Nielsen. And then my thoughts of Leslie Nielsen went back to one of the greatest sci-fi movies of all time, Forbidden Planet. Now, remember here, Leslie Nielsen was a very serious actor. Serious. Very serious. But he also uttered the lines, don't call me Shirley. (laughs) I mean, he was a wacky guy before he did The Naked Gun. He did Airplane, and he was hilarious. And because of his image as a serious actor, although he was a big practical joker behind the scenes, because of that image, he got away with it. Anyway, he was the star in the movie Forbidden Planet with Walter Pidgeon. And the key thing about it is I would call him, and and this is what I said to... Right, Anne Francis, of course. Every young man at that time had a crush on Anne Francis. Yep, yep, yep. Now, we all remember the character Leslie Nielsen played there. He was the Starship's commander. And we're sure that William Shatner remembered it too, because I suspect he patterned a lot of his portrayal of Captain Kirk on Leslie Nielsen in Forbidden Planet. Now, you said... I remember reading a story about how Gene Roddenberry uh, took an idea from Forbidden Planet. Remember when they're coming out of hyperspace... A super light drive, and they're approaching Altair 4, and they go into these shimmering cylinders of stasis. It's presumably something that has to do with biological protection while the ship makes this monstrous transition from super light to sublight drive. Well, guess what? Those shimmering cylinders showed up on Star Trek years later as the mechanism for the transporter beam. So that was interesting. And the other thing I noticed that was fascinating about Forbidden Planet was that it holds up today still very well. Uh, if you look at the bridge of, oh, I forget the name of the starship. Anyway, there were no keyboards. And they passed around these little glass rectangles like we pass around flash drives. It was awesome. That was in the 1950s, 1956. Yeah. And of course, 
the villain was the monster from the id. Yeah, if you if you guys have never seen um, Forbidden Planet uh, with Walter Pidgeon and Leslie Nielsen and Anne Francis, uh, check it out on Netflix or rent it or whatever. I remember watching that movie when I was maybe you know I don't want to say how old I was, but when that monster it was four hundred at that time. When, yeah, I was. Yeah, that's right. When that when that psychological monster went up the uh, stairs into the starship and bent the metal stairs, and when it was being attacked by the starship defensive beams firing neutrons into it and it all got all lit up that was uh, that was pretty scary for 1956 it's i think stuff. the thing about the film that kind of hurts it number 1 robbie the robot was mixed bag probably because he was used in other films after that that were not as good and the other thing is the male female interaction was far less than we might expect today yeah it was a uh, pretty chauvinist it was 50s style. Yeah, yeah. Of course, in the 60s, Gene Roddenberry has a starship communicator who happens to be a black woman. And the first uh, kiss of that kind uh, on TV. First interracial kiss yeah. between William Shatner and... Nichelle Nichols. I met her once. Oh, cool. When, what, Comic-Con? This was a long time ago in a starship convention far, far away. I met her. Mm-hmm. I met Jimmy Doohan, Scotty. Sadly, no longer with us. It was funny, though. I asked him a question. I said, how would Scotty sound if he was 70 years old? This is back in the 1970s. Not realizing (laughs) that he would be still playing Scotty in his 70s. Yes, he would. Anyway, by the way, his ashes after he died were sent up into space. I remember that. Jimmy Doohan, Scotty, a Canadian actor. Hey, tell you what, let's talk some tech. Really? Yeah. This is interesting development this week. So we learn that Samsung's financials aren't so great. Sales are down. Profits are down. They're not doing as well as they expected in the smartphone front. And then you have an article there saying Apple's secret war against Samsung is working. The secret war. Tell me more. I like that. Well, the thesis of the article is is that we typically tend to think of um, evaluating competing products through a process of value estimation through features. And so we're obsessed with comparison charts. And we look at this and that, and does it have NFC? And does it have have Bluetooth LE? And how much RAM does it have? And how many cores are in the processor? And so on. It's all too easy to fall into the trap of thinking that because, thanks to feature lists, that because this product appears to have more features, that the product is better, and therefore the company is better. But one of the things I know about Tim Cook and Apple is, is that having been the COO for years and having been the master of the supply chain and the master of investing in manufacturing techniques, technology, the movement of goods, I started thinking about Logistics, because I have a military background. I was an Air Force officer. I can't help but thinking about how when we think about Apple and Samsung competing in the courts or competing with their products on the terms of features, we overlook Apple's magnificent ability to design products, build them so that they can be fleshed out in terms of you know, how, how easy it is to put memory in and how easy it is to change your manufacturing uh, on the turn of a dime and uh, switch to a new product when something is not selling as well as you think. And then get those products moved around through international shipping 
to secure your product through you know, special manufacturing techniques and encryption so that you know, features don't leak out during the manufacturing process and, and, and building products economically so that you can build millions of products and make money at the same time. And that's all part of the logistics process, getting there, as a Civil War general said, getting there the firstest with the mostest. And, and often logistics can make up for you know, problems that you may have uh, f- for whatever reason. If you don't have a good ability to move products around and get them advertised in a strong presence in a certain country, you may not be quite so successful in the retail market. So Apple has the ability to go into markets uh, where they uh, sometimes the competitors may not be so successful. So uh, that's that's the thesis that I wrote about about Apple's secret war is every, it's not just features and it's not just cute TV ads. It's getting there the firstest with the mostest, the best product, the, the most the most well designed product that you can sell at a profit, getting it moved around the world efficiently and getting it in front of the retail customer. And that's what Apple seems to be beating up on Samsung about lately. Well, obviously, Samsung was growing at a pretty good clip for a while, and then things sort of died off. They didn't get quite the reception they expected for the Galaxy S5. Of course, it has a fingerprint sensor that simply doesn't work for most people. That <laughs> right, right doesn't about. help. We've got John Mortolero. He hangs his hat over at the Mac Observer. You're still doing the street articles? I am. I'm still writing for thestreet.com. Okay, more to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Gold. It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the re-emergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and 
If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the field is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from ProFlowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to ProFlowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's ProFlowers.com. Click the mic and enter code P-L-O-W. Question. Could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? Answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM-1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM-1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terragonics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Life's getting better. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Here on the Tech Night Owl Live, we've got John Martellero of the Mac Observer. With us this week, later on, we'll have Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy. And, of course, his first article we were discussing was Apple's secret war against Samsung. That's working, of course, Apple is able to be pretty efficient, except like the first few weeks when a new product comes out. Sometimes it takes a while to get the production up to par because they use all these sophisticated manufacturing techniques. Samsung uses plastic. And isn't that one of the reasons they came out with the iPhone 5C? It was easy and inexpensive to build. Well, yeah, plus it uses the iPhone 5 technology. So you've got a built-in profit margin for something you already know how to build and have already built in large quantities. So there's some efficiency there. But when you you add the two, you have something with parts that you've already built except for some minor modifications. You now cheapen, and not in an insulting way, just as a matter of fact, the construction process is cheaper because of the fact you're using plastic, not these elaborate metal fabrication schemes. And so you get well, them out faster. And then, of course, we have the silly rumor that the thing was a failure. I don't know about that. You know, you've, you've probably had Daniel Aaron Dilger on the show, right? Sure. Dan's going to be probably here next week or the week after. Yeah, and he'll tell you at length about how the 5C is due, has done better than anybody knows. And I don't think the, the plastic case was so much to reduce manufacturing costs because Apple's very skilled at machining aluminum 
I, I think it was more to appeal to certain markets, especially in China and other parts of the world where a colorful phone is appealing. The 5S line was sort of a highbrow line of a very limited color scheme. I think they uh, guessed right. Obviously, because what was it? Tim Cook was saying at the last quarterly conference call with financial analysts that the iPhone 5C had grown faster than the other models in the product lineup without giving specific numbers. But I think that was also a message to those who said it was a failure. Yeah, but you look at Apple's earning reports, you look at their numbers, you look at the phone number of phones that they've sold. You know, it's funny. We go through a quarter and we, we pick up little bits and rumors and we hear these little stories and rumors from the supply chain and we make a big deal out of it and Apple's supposedly having troubles with the 5C and all the 5Cs was such a disaster. And then we have their earnings report and then Apple comes out and says, well, we sold 41 million phones. Some some creditable stories come have come out recently that Apple has ordered 70 to 80 million iPhone 6s. You know, and then uh, you look at all the money that Apple's making and, and then the earnings report is over the investors grab their profits, the stock goes down, and then we start the rampage all over again about Apple. It's amazing. You know that in some cases here, we see that when investors talk down a stock, they're doing it to sell short, to get out from under it and get the profits, and then they're basically cheating everybody else. Well, yeah, plus my my colleague at the Mac Observer, Brian Chaffin, points out that the stock rises in proportion to the, the baked-in expectations of the investors all along, and they're under as much pressure as anyone to you know generate wealth. And so it's reasonable as we go through the quarter and Apple's prospects look better and better that, um, that there's going to be some profit-taking thanks to this baked-in rising of the stock. And so that's not unusual. What is kind of unusual is lately that that hasn't been happening quite so much. The last two quarters, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like the last two quarters, there hasn't been as much of that. And Apple stock has continued to to rise. I, I think the expectation of a Sapphire display, if that uh, ends up being the case, and an iPhone 6 uh, with an A8 processor uh, has got people really kind of cranked up. And Apple stock isn't going to be below $100 very much longer, I don't think. All right, let's move on here to just one other thing before we get to your next topic. And that is how interesting it is that when we look at Mac sales for the past quarter, they grew at a faster rate than any other Apple hardware, 18%. According to Tim Cook, growth was double digits in the United States. At the same time, Gartner and IDC were saying sales were down in the U.S., but they didn't apologize. It's important to understand who the, the clients are. I just finished reading, again, Daniel Aaron Dillager's great article, Apple Insider, delving into some of those details. And he's the master at that. I can't possibly uh, duplicate that kind of effort. He's the guy to read when it comes to insights into Apple sales and, and how these analytics companies are constructing their reports in such a way to make their uh, clients look good. And you have to really dig hard and get behind the scenes and maybe have some good sources to put a, a creditable story together about how well Apple's doing. What I think is interesting, even on top of that, is that I, I think we're seeing some what I call reverse cannibalization. You know, for a long time, iPads seem to be cannibalizing Mac sales. 
and max sales were struggling to get above $4 million per quarter. And there was some fluctuation around that number. And I remember even writing about how it was perilous for max sales to decline two quarters in a row, because then everybody with a ruler would be drawing curves and saying, you know, the, the, the Mac is going to disappear and, and do a projection and so on. So it's very important for the Mac sales to maintain their sales or even increase a little bit to stem that tide, which is what Apple succeeded in doing. But I think they kind of backed into it because thanks to their own design, uh, we haven't had uh, a lot of exciting new iPads recently. And Apple has just uh, maybe discovered that it's really hard to innovate beyond what they did with the iPad Air. Of course, at the last earnings report, Tim Cook said he thinks he, he's seeing innovations and he's counting on some new innovations unnamed, plus the relationship with IBM to spur the iPad sales. But what I'm hearing as a writer and what my readers are telling me is, is that, you know, you got to have a new iPhone every year. You just got to, you know, for 199 bucks, you can go into your AT&T or Verizon store and, you know, you can, or whatever you, arrangement you have with your carrier, it's, it's fairly easy to get a new iPhone every year. But by golly, if you've got an iPad 3 or 4 with a retina display, or if you've got an iPad Air, um, you're not in any big hurry to replace that every 12 months. After all, if you add... 3G radio to it, uh, put 64 gig of RAM in there, you're talking about, you know, eight, 900 bucks out of your pocket. So Apple's got into a situation where I think people have sort of gotten the iPads that they need and they're using them happily. And uh, they're discovering that uh, their Macs are getting a little older. And all of a sudden, and then Apple did a shrewd thing back in April. Everybody was talking about a Retina MacBook Air, remember? But what that would have done was it would have increased the price of their entry-level Mac and put it into a, a false competition against the MacBook Pro and uh, cut Apple out of a very competitive product against the Chromebooks and the other low-priced computers that are trying to mimic the MacBook Air. And so they just took the wind out of the sails of the competition and came out with a lower price, $899 MacBook Air. And 1440 by 900 is not bad resolution for a 13-inch screen, by the way. Some PC notebooks a lot offer a lot less. We've got a lot more to discuss with John Martellero of the Mac Observer. At MacObserver.com, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. UnseenNow.com, proud sponsor of GCN. Unseen Now's unparalleled encryption tools keep your communications secure. GCN. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com.
What good is a big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Moms of America, stand up and stop taking abuse from your kids. I pledge never to let my kid disrespect me ever again. I pledge to stop letting my daughter walk all over me. I pledge to stop living in fear of my son's anger. I pledge never to feel like a bad parent ever again. Because I'm not. I pledge to stop letting my child's behavior control my home. I pledge to be a mom with kids who listen. A total transformation mom. I'm Janet Lehman, co-creator of the Total Transformation Program. We created the Total Transformation to help parents with difficult child behavior. Now I'm giving it away free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. We'll let you keep it for free. Call 1-800-256-7795. That's 1-800-256-7795. Call now. Call 1-800-256-7795. That's 1-800-256-7795. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can now purchase a one-of-a-kind product not available anywhere else. A meatless burger dry mix in four delicious flavors. With our new Oregon Trail Foods vegan burgers, all you do is add water and fry. They need no refrigeration. They're packaged in Mylar bags with an oxygen absorber for a long shelf life. They're non-GMO. They're gluten, soy, nut, and chemical free, but they're loaded with flavor. And a good source of carbs and protein, yet low in sodium. Flavors include Italian, spicy Mexican, six vegetable, and black bean olive. Go to 30dayfoodsupply.com or call Call 541-229-0010 and order today. Eat them every day, take them camping, or save them for an emergency. Check them out at 30dayfoodsupply.com and click on the vegan burger icon. That's 30dayfoodsupply.com, where all of our products are produced in Oregon by Oregon Trail Foods. 30dayfoodsupply.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. We're back with John Martellaro of the Mac Observer, and we're talking here about Mac sales and the things that are happening. Now, of course, one of the problems Apple is having with doing refreshes for Macs is the fact that Intel is running late on their newest chip family called Broadwell, a smaller die size, more power efficiencies, maybe a little bit more performance. But right now, I heard they're just shipping the real low-power versions, and the kind that Apple uses for notebooks or for desktops like the iMac won't be out till late this year, which means all that's moved off to 2015. 
So what they're doing here is clever packaging, certainly with the MacBook Air, a little more power, 100 bucks less. Then we have the MacBook Pro with Retina display, where except for the high-end model, the prices are the same, but the memory is doubled. Now, this brings us to another article here, which is Apple could get more mileage out of its slipstream Mac upgrades. Slipstream is like you go back in time, I think. <laughs> I, I, looking at that, I think what I was trying to say was, you know, in, in the manufacturing process, you just slip in the new product and sort of just, you know, go along in the, in the, in the stream of manufacturing with an upgrade. And that was actually not an article, but a Mac Observer Daily Observation a podcast that I did with uh, Jeff Gamut. And what my premise there was is that given the mild pressure that Apple's been under for lack of introduction of new products and demonstrating all this innovation, given that we haven't seen an iWatch yet, given that that Gene Munster's fantasy of a new Apple TV or a, uh, a new generation TV product hasn't been fulfilled, um, and, and given that we haven't seen the iPhone 6 yet, and here it is basically August um, in the year, and what, we, what have we seen? We've seen the Mac Pro become available, but that was announced at WWDC 2013 and shipped in December. We've seen the MacBook Air upgrade in April. Um, we've seen some very mild upgrades of the um, MacBook Pro Retina display, more memory, lower price. So what have we got? And, and so when Apple comes out with these processor upgrades, I would like to see Apple do a little more. Um, not an event. You know, Tim Cook doesn't need to go on stage with a microphone in his hand and slideshow and talk about a processor upgrade. But by golly, a press release and a little new badge at the Apple store is not really enough, is it? I'd like to see the Apple homepage at least say, we've got new Macs. They're faster. They're better. Go to the store and take a look at them. You'll find that they're better than the old generation, and we've improved them, and we think you'll like them. And, and it directs some traffic to it. Now, my distinguished colleague Brian Chaffin at the Mac Observer said, well, you know, we all write about that in the press. But there's only a certain segment of the population that's glued to their iPad or their Mac you know, reading Macworld and iMore and the Mac Observer and tidbits and so on to find out about these geeky processor upgrades. They, they'll go into the Apple store. Let's look at Apple's site right now. Now, it, obviously it changes. I just went there at random. What's the first item I see? You're more powerful than you think. iPhone 5S, that's their new promotion mm-hmm. campaign. Watch the film Parenthood. Right. And the smaller items... The notebook people love, MacBook Air, nothing about the MacBook Pro with Retina display. iOS 8 coming this fall. What will your verse be, iPad Air? And then they talk about gift cards. Now, remember, this is not going to be necessarily the same thing that you're going to see. No, I'm looking at the same thing you're looking at. Right. Now, the only difference is when I refreshed it, I saw a different ad for the iPad Air, and they were pushing OS 10 Yosemite. That's the only difference if you refresh that page. Yeah. Right. Well, the MacBook Air has been a big seller, as Tim Cook pointed out at the recent earnings report. And as I was talking about in the previous segment, that's an awesomely beautiful computer with 128 or 256 of flash storage, adequate display, $899 base price, 
even less on the education page. Um, and Apple's making hay with that with that computer, um, and that's probably why it's on on the home page. When you know when you come out with a refreshed product, it's new. You know, Mac Tracker has to take it into account. All our databases have to be updated. All of us in the press, we have to make sure we're aware of the tech spec- specification change. Why is Apple being so mum about it? Is it they're embarrassed that they don't have anything to talk about? That they would perhaps worry about people criticizing them for trying to make a big thing out of a small thing? I mean, when you improve your product, that's you should be self-confident enough to say, well, we've got a better product. And and I was also musing in the podcast about how you know we seem to have leveled off in the state of the art of Mac technology. Apple knows that they're going to be shipping a, a new Retina MacBook Air in the summer of 2014. They've had, what, nine months to think about maybe what else they might want to include in it. Um, you know, maybe does, does it need an HDMI port? Well, I think it has one. I'm not sure. Does it need more USB ports? Is there, is there another technology that they can include? You know, we, we only go for so far back in our MacBooks with uh, Bluetooth LE, I think the MacBook Air 2011 is the oldest one that has Bluetooth LE. Let's make a big deal of that because apparently the handoff feature of OS X Yosemite, it's not been fully documented except by the tech press. And that is if your Mac does not have Bluetooth LE, which is 2011 or 2012, depending on which model you have, you can't use handoff, which is where you say you start a message or you start an email, or you start a document, and then you want to pick it up on your iPhone or iPad or vice versa, your Mac has to have Bluetooth LE. There are adapter USB cards, like for $5, that give you that capability. But so far, at least, Apple doesn't have support for that. That's right. That's one of those little technologies. It's sort of in a family of, of small things that Apple could sort of put together to create a package from the updates so that... Um, when it's time to do a, a processor upgrade or something, Apple can combine that, say, you know, maybe lower the price or, you know, give us a good deal on an SSD, a 512 SSD. Prices have come down, thankfully, finally. I, I wish that Apple would make a little bit more hay out of it because after all, they want to sell more Macs. They don't want to get it. They, every, every earnings report, Tim Cook claims that uh, Apple's increasing its, uh, the Macs are increasing their market share against PCs. That's fine. But if he wants to keep on growing uh, the Mac sales and not get into a, a, a bad situation where everybody notices that Mac sales are declining, it's got a little amp up the pressure a little bit. And it seems to me like it's, this this silence about Mac upgrades doesn't doesn't match Apple's desire to continue growing in sales. God, I used to work for Apple. I know that vice presidents of sales are scrutinized very carefully. And if you have a quarter where your sales are flat, Tim's going to ask you why you're not doing your job growing the sales. And so he turns around and says, well, you're not advertising. And Tim says, it's not my problem. It's your problem. So that kind of stuff happens. And I'm sure vice presidents of sales are not happy uh, that Apple doesn't have anything on the homepage about faster Macs. Of course, part of the problem here is that Intel isn't giving them the hardware they would like. Just adding a tiny bit of performance to Uh, a MacBook Air or a MacBook (laughs) Pro with Retina Display. We're talking about what a 5% 
performance increase. You barely notice it without a stopwatch. It's hardly anything significant at all. And we'll talk about that and the Apple dilemma not having the Intel parts because the last time Apple had a problem with a company not giving them the chips they wanted, like the PowerPC. Oh, yes. Apple made a change, of course. I know where you're going. Yes, you do know where I'm going, and I'm not going to tell our listeners where I'm going, except some people say I'm going to a place that you don't really want to talk about, but this is a family show. Being a family-friendly show, we're not able to do that, except, by the way, we're going to the IRN Internet Radio Network, by the way. They're picking up the Tech Night Out Live for the past couple of weeks, and we thank them. Anyway, we have John Martellero with us on the Tech Night Out Live. GCN, proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Find out how to stop Big Brother and his tracks at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Hey folks, this is Larry Crisp for BabyBoomerBackupPlan.com. I'm sure you know, this economy sucks. We all realize that the American economy is tremendously unstable right now and will likely get much worse. There's monumental debt, government bailouts, stock and real estate bubbles that are primed to pop at any moment, which can flush away most or all of your retirement savings. This type of movement has enormous consequences. Virtually zero sectors of the economy are hiring and workforce participation is at record lows. Financial trouble is right here at our doorstep. But if you move right now and develop a backup plan immediately, this could be the most profitable time of your life. Proportionately, more millionaires were created during the Great Depression than at any time in our history. Get my free report at babyboomerbackupplan.com or call 888-507-8789 for my free report. 888-507-8789 and prepare to profit as history repeats itself. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV 
Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. I'm Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Owl Live, John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. The problem I posted, the dilemma for Apple, is that Intel's Broadwell chips are late. Normally, there's a new chip family every year, spring, summer. Apple uses them for a modest upgrade for the Macs. These upgrades have been very minor because all Intel has done is make the current Haswell family a wee bit faster. Now, when Apple had that problem before, they made a wholesale chip switch. What do they do now? Yeah, what happened was is that uh, Steve Jobs was, uh, I think, on stage at Macworld. I was there, and he was introducing the the new Power Mac G5 that had the IBM Power PC processor, and it launched at two gigahertz. And he stood right up there on stage and uh, said, "The year from now, we'll be at three gigahertz." And IBM did not fulfill that promise. I don't know if that was the only thing that that drove Steve to it. It probably wasn't. But it certainly contributed to uh, uh, Steve Jobs making the decision to switch over to, uh, to Intel chips. Well, the other and- thing, of course, is that the G5 was notoriously hot. The high-end models of the Mac Pro had liquid cooling. I had one of them. Imagine if the liquid l- leaked. Of course, that could destroy the computer. I never had that problem. But I worried about it. And also, they couldn't tame it in terms of power efficiencies and running cool for a notebook. They couldn't be a G5 notebook. So we had that double whammy. I mean, Intel's just a few months late. But there are always these rumors that Apple wants to consider doing it themselves, going to an ARM-based system. But that's not as easy as it sounds. Well, you know, one of the things that made me feel better about that, it was coming out with a 64-bit A7 processor. One thing I haven't had a chance to research lately is, is virtualization. The last time I looked into it, there was an issue with uh, virtualization hardware in the ARM chip. Because if you took that ARM chip right now as it is, and you put uh, a converted version of of Mavericks on it or the coming Yosemite, you wouldn't be able to run Parallels or VMware Fusion 
without the virtualization hardware. I don't think that would be too hard to do. As I recall, somebody recently told me that that wouldn't be hard. And if Apple had control over the chip, they could make sure they put that in there. But um, I think they might do that. I think they might. I was thinking here they would pawn off the translation functions to the graphics hardware because they could gain more of a performance boost that way. Well, I'm not sure about this. I'd have to talk to a developer, but I, I believe that... OS 10 already uses a little bit of OpenCL uh, to access the graphics card for assistance in some operations and in certain apps that need extra horsepower. And we're going to talk about, I hope we get a chance to talk about OpenCL and Mac Pros in a few minutes. We will, as a matter of fact, but they have a technology, of course, for the A7 to boost graphics performance with games. And I was thinking, you know, if you could use that technique to build the emulator the translator for Intel language, and really get a speed boost there, you might be able to develop an ARM chip with performance almost comparable to Intel that provides emulation performance with no perceived disadvantage. And that's the magic day that Intel would be dreading, unless, of course, Intel fabricates the chips. Well, you know, Apple was putting a lot of pressure on Intel to generate lower power uh, chips for their uh, tablets, as I recall. And other people went towards... Other companies went towards, uh, what was that processor that's in some of the other tablets? It has a cute name. You remember? Uh, Not the Atom chip. No, it was something else. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, in, in, in terms of the, of the future, I wouldn't be surprised to see Apple uh, convert to ARM chips. I don't think there's any technical hurdles that would keep Apple from doing that. But I'm not... I'm, as well-versed as I should be, you know, maybe it would be helpful to talk to somebody who's in that in that area. But from a layman's standpoint, at least, I, I can see Apple fully doing that at some point in the future. Well, I certainly think that they are talking to Intel and telling them they have to make hard choices. But once again, Intel has the ability to fabricate the chips, so Apple could submit the designs to them and say, okay, we're not going to use your chips, but we'll let you build ours. Hmm... Hmm. Could be. Could be. I think Apple has a good relationship with Intel so far that they would trust them to do that. But it's money. It's a check. Well, look at this. If they can build 13 million A7s every quarter for um, a iPhone, they certainly have enough manufacturing capability to, to do three or four million iMacs every quarter, uh, Macintoshes. So I don't think it's a question of volume production. Looking yeah. at this honestly, do you think Apple might do this in the next few years. Now we have the 64-bit. And mm-hmm. remember also that if you scale up the A7 to a traditional personal computer where it's drawing much more power, you make it more powerful, you're able to do that because you're obviously maybe drawing two, three times the power. So it becomes a more powerful chip. Do you think they could bring it to a level where they could deliver Max with comparable performance that would efficiently and speedily translate Intel stuff and make that change in the next couple of years? Yes. I think it's within Apple's technical capability. And the only question is um, how upset Apple is with Intel and what Apple's roadmap is for the future. You know, Apple might have an internal roadmap that defines the existence of OS 10.12 and iOS 10 in the future. And it could be that it's a natural part of their product development. 
but we can speculate about it. What the heck? Let's get back to the Mac Pro. Of course, the Mac Pro shipped first in December of 2013, but really didn't ship in quantity until nearly spring. So it's almost a 2014 model, which means I do not expect to see an update this year, unless Intel comes up with a fancy new Xeon processor or something like that. And the only argument I have about that is the same argument I have about regular Macs is it is so damned expensive to upgrade to a higher capacity flash drive. It's not there yet. Well, it's not as bad as it used to be. My wife is looking at a a MacBook Air for teaching, and uh, she wants to run um, Fedora and uh, and Windows 7 on it in parallels. And so she's been looking at the prices of the flash memory in these MacBook Airs, and it's, it's a lot better than it used to be. You know, they, they come typically with 128 or 256 now, upgrading to 512, as I recall. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's only a couple hundred bucks. Upgrading to a terabyte, though, is 800. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, upgrading. <laughs> I, I wrote an article a couple years ago about how I, uh, uh, there was a 27-inch a iMac that I was planning to upgrade to because my old iMac uh, was had a terabyte drive and it was slow and it was you know i was getting spinning cursors all the time and and um yeah i couldn't even buy uh an ssd for that particular imac i was interested they had this fusion drive terabyte fusion drive that got in the way and i really leaned on apple hard about that about not offering an ssd option and uh, charging too much uh, when they did and um things have gotten a lot better now i'm i'm not too unhappy with it but anyway, I wanted to talk to you about Dr. Gaurav Khanna at the University of Massachusetts. Are you okay. ready? Am I ready to talk about a guy from the University of Massachusetts? I am for about a minute and 40 seconds, and then we'll have to break. <laughs> How about that? But go ahead. Well, when I was working for Apple, I was heavily involved in supercomputing. And I got to know a fellow at the University of Massachusetts, Dr. Gaurav Khanna, who is a theoretical astrophysicist working with gravitation and black holes. And he's been a technical leader in the community with uh, tools and technologies and compilers uh, for uh, Apple products. And recently, he told me that he had bought two of those two black cylinder beauties, the Mac Pros. And he was using the Fire Pro processors, Fire Core processors, on there with OpenCL. Because, you know, while your Mac Pro might have 4, 8, 12 cores... These FireCore graphics processors have up to a thousand cores, and Apple has this fabulous tool called OpenCL, which is a framework that essentially provides you a parallel computing environment, so that you can divvy out tasks to these multiple cores, and they talk to each other very fast because it's on the card. It's not like you have an Ethernet network between you know one U rack servers, and so you've got fast communications on the card. You've got thousand cores. You've got a framework OpenCL, and he's able to extract um, something on the order of four to six teraflops of computing power on his desktop per Mac. I feel floppy already. And that's not a floppy drive, by the <laughs> that's way. That's a floating point operation per second. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. This is really high-end stuff and means a lot of number crunching there. We have the number cruncher himself, John Mortolero of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> 
free from the shackles of corporate America. We're the place for independent thinkers. G-C-N. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, There's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We the people grow cotton, we fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Question. Could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? Answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM-1 from Terraganics. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM-1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM-1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro-EM-1 from Terraganics. Life's getting better. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. John Martellaro of the Mac Observers here for two more segments. A little bit later on, we'll be hearing from Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy. And I'll tell you why. Maybe you shouldn't install the OS 10.10 Yosemite public beta. And not because every time I say Yosemite, I think of the cartoon character Yosemite Sam. Hmm. Let's talk about using the Mac Pro for scientific computing. By the way, learn about them black holes. Let's engage. Excuse me. Engage. Okay, but before before I do that, I want to mention that I really like Kirk McElhern, so stand by for him. We exchange email all the time. He's great. He's technical. I love him. And um, I just just want to visit him in his home. He's got this lovely converted barn in England. Mm -hmm. It is a beautiful place. I just want to visit it in person. You know. So if you're sending plane tickets, my wife, seriously. So in the previous segment, we were talking about high-speed calculations on your Mac Pro. And Dr. Khanna told me in an interview that I wrote, uh, the name of the article is Black Holes and Scientific Computing with Apple's New Mac Pro. And that was published July 10th at the Mac Observer. And he told me that this is a OpenCL monster machine. It was virtually designed to use this framework called OpenCL, which, as I mentioned in the previous segment, is a 
is a computational framework that allows you to do essentially parallel computing with multiple cores on a single desktop machine. I remember when Virginia Tech back in 2003, two or three, put 1100 XServe servers together on racks and was able to extract something on the order of, uh, what was it, 10 to 12 teraflops of operation. If you can use OpenCL and extract the full capability of the FireCore 700s, and there's two of them on each Mac Pro, you can extract about seven and a half teraflops out of this machine. The, the Xeon E5 processors cores give you several hundred to 500 gigaflops. But then you can go to Teraflops with this desktop machine. And what he's doing is he's doing simulations of black hole environment. Because when you get into gravity calculations and Einstein field equations and tensors, you, you can only do so much on a, with pencil and paper. I mean, that was 1950s, you know, Einstein stuff where he would scribble tensor equations and solve the Einstein field equation for different metrics and stuff like that. But you can't do that these days. Uh, the, the Schwarzschild metrics and the reisner northson metrics are so complex, you have to do mathematical simulations and calculations of gravity and black holes. Okay, um, now just understand most of our listeners are listening and their eyes are glazing over right now, so let's <laughs> take it easy. I just will say something since we're talking about like a, an Intel Xeon E5 processor. I got a note from Mac over at Namecheap and he upgraded our server to a pair of six-core Intel E5 processors. So we've got 12 cores running these sites now. Wow. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, the, the thing is, is that um, if you are doing parallel computing, and, and Dr. Gaurav Khanna is very happy with what Apple's doing to continue to support that, then, then you've got a powerful scientific computing desktop. It's, it's questionable whether... Uh, the rest of us can even begin to exploit that teraflop capability unless we're doing something very mathematically intensive. Uh, even though you can never have a computer that's too fast, right? I mean, we <laughs> we don't want to see spinning beach balls. We don't want to be waiting for anything. We want things to snap on the screen. But a normal Mac in a normal configuration, uh, using what OpenCL OS X does use, um, today's Macs are pretty snappy. I like them. I have a third, I have a 21 inch iMac from 2013 with an SSD and it's awesomely quiet. It has no spinning hard drive. It runs cool. Um, the Haswell processor in it puts out very little heat compared to my old 27 inch iMac from 2010, which I had to put a fan control software on to, uh, crank up the fans to cool that thing off. So Apple's made some big strides in, in low power and high performance computing. But still, that article was you know, directed towards uh, university researchers and scientists and people who love what Apple's doing with the Mac Pro. And we had six times the normal number of page views we get for an average article at the Mac Observer. So there was a big interest in, in what kind of scientific computing you can do with the Mac Pro. And I'm really happy to see Apple. I'll go in that direction with that black cylinder beauty. Now, I understand here, Apple has only recently caught up with demand. A lot of people in the creative community and the scientific community are just buying these boxes because they seem, well, you start at 3,000, you can go up to close to 10,000. Yeah, 
but now go to Dell or HP and buy a comparable computer, it costs more. Well, not only that, but uh, Dr. Kana told me that they tried to uh, rig up their own supercomputer uh, in the lab by buying parts and putting together their own high-speed demon. And what happened was, is it got too hot. The cards kept burning out. And it cost more. Cost more. And he really came to appreciate the thermal core and the engineering of the Mac Pro. I mean, really, Apple is brilliant. And if you want, you can, you know, run Windows if you want under boot camp. Anyway, let's move to a couple more topics before we let you go here. And here is an interesting title for an article. Apple goes back to the future to fight Google. All right, head on. What's this about? Well, it was a, uh, it was a cute title to introduce a, a concept about how sometimes old things are new again. We're in a um, constant rush in the technical blog sphere and to write about the latest and greatest things and push things forward at an ever-increasing pace. And you see uh, Google coming out with you know, new products that don't last very long, and then they throw them away. Come out with Google Glass, which looks exciting at first, but then we find out that they didn't really put a lot of thought behind the sociology of the product. And so, so technology has allowed us to come out with products faster than our society can cope with the social aspects of it. And I compared that to what Apple does. You know, Apple, we, th- we tend to think of Apple as a modern, aggressive, high-tech, innovative company. But when you look at their commercials, they remind you that there are certain values, human values at work, you know, dignity, uh, appreciation for, for a product, the utility of a product that does something for you, that serves you, uh, the intersection of technology and the humanities, as Steve Jobs once said. The purpose of technology is not to build future lists or to wow you, or, you know, or as Robert Scoble did, you know, take Google Glass into the shower and take a selfie and plaster it all over the internet. The, the purpose of technology is to enrich people's lives. And this is a, an old idea that, in, in, in a sense, the purpose of technology is not to build a non-working feature like tilt to scroll on a Samsung or the new <laughs> Amazon Fire phone. That's not a way to advance technology by developing useless features. And, and, and how do you do that? You have to have somebody who has a strong sense of taste. Um, there's, a, there's a book out about uh, the history of Jonathan Ivan, how he started out in design in England um, and it's worth reading. Um, Johnny Ive, let's see, who was the author of that? I forget. Um, but it's available as a, as, a, as a Kindle book. And it talks about all the experience that Johnny have, Ive had going all the way back to his education in England and, and, and designing ballpoints. And one of the stories I'll never forget from that was, was he was involved in the design of a, of a next generation pen. And he noticed that people loved to kind of fiddle with their ballpoints and and you know you've ever seen somebody with a ballpoint pen and retractable they'll, you know they'll fiddle with the clicker you know as a sort of a nervous habit and, and and if you observe people carefully you know about people's needs and habits you can kind of figure out how people like to handle things you know what hold them let's i have a pen right here i have a ballpoint pen 
I'm not doing anything with it. What's that noise? John Martellaro of the Mac Observers here. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Mike Stennerson for Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Springtime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know spring is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Log on for spring specials, including our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, Hootia and Metabolic Complex, and ProMetabolic, all on sale now. Also, the Anti-Parasite Intestinal Freedom and Warwood Plus Complex, plus Stevia Liquid Sweetener and the Super Enzymes, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and click on Spring Specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. 
Visit the Berkey Guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey Guy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So Jonathan Ive observed how people handle their ballpoint pens. And so he designed a pen that was outrageously popular um, simply because people liked to handle it in a certain way. And, of course, that was years ago in England. And, and of course, we know all his accomplishments now at Apple. But you have to have somebody who has a sense of taste, a sense of standards, uh, insight into the, into the, the humanness of it so that technology can be used to, to serve you in a very pleasing and non-creepy and effective kind of way. And the feeling we get from, from Tilt-to-Scroll or some of these other features or, or slapping your two Samsung phones together with NFCs to, to trade data is something that maybe looks cool in an ad, but then it's something you realize you don't really need or don't really use. So the article I wrote, Let's see, when was that? July, July 18th at the Mac Observer, Apple goes back to the future to fight Google, was a sort of a reflection on the differences in design uh, between Google and Apple and, and how when Google comes out with something exciting like this, people jump all over it, writers, observers, bloggers, and believe that because Google's jumping forward so quickly, they're going to leave Apple in the dust. And then quickly we find out that some of these new technologies that are rushed out for flash purposes are not fully baked, fully thought out, fully integrated into the human psyche, workflow, preferences. And then Apple takes its time, get it, gets it right. Um, I have a strong belief that when the iWatch comes out, finally, uh, we won't think of it as a geek toy. We'll think of it as an awesome piece of jewelry that we want to wear that looks good, that serves a purpose, that blends into our lives, that provides a function that the iPhone doesn't. And um, we'll suddenly realize that we needed it all along, but we didn't know it. And uh, that kind of subtle appreciation of a product is what drives people to the stores in masses instead of saying, well, that's just another smart watch that looks kind of geeky on my wrist. So You see, this is a big thing here. All the smart watches we see today are geek toys. Now, right. people buy watches for other reasons, and obviously Apple's added people from the fashion industry. They're looking at the broad market. They're looking at what is it about a smart watch today that turns people off because they're not buying the things. And the one thing is, as I said, they're toys for geeks. Someone who just wants a fancy watch is not going to buy a Pebble or the Galaxy Gear or one of these other crazy products. They're not going to do it. Those things are just not their speed. They don't care about that. So if Apple wants to do this, they have to, one, provide the functions that people realize they needed that they didn't have before and provide it in a form where they're going to buy it 
even if they aren't people who would buy a geek toy. It has exactly. to look. It has to be something that looks fancy. And maybe Apple should build one for the regular people and for maybe the Rolex crowd. Have two different models. That, but I know that I'm certain that they're going to have to build a smaller model for women who have smaller wrists. I mean, every watch company on the planet understands uh, the differences between the sizes of women's wrists and men's wrists, so they're have to, going to have to do that. Does Samsung know that? I don't think so. What about Pebble? I don't think Pebble knows it either because I don't see a men's and women's Pebble watch. I can go on the site and look. I don't recall ever seeing one. Yeah, well, it's because the guys are the early adopters and they're likely to wear it, but... If you want to penetrate the market completely, you have to have something that appeals to a large number of people. And yet still, they have an appreciation for the style and they have the income to afford it. So there's a real sweet spot there where you you have broad appeal for its utility, um, but people's appreciation for the design of the device. And they're willing to uh, pay enough money that you can actually make a profit on it. Well, I'm looking at the Pebble site. They have something called Brushed Stainless, which actually looks like a fairly decent geeky watch. It's not bad. But all the watches are available in a single model with multiple colors. They do not have anything there that speaks men's or women's watch. It's all one watch, pick the color, in the high-end model, the steel, or the low-end model. That's thank it. goodness, thank goodness, Angela Arantz is a senior vice president. One of these days, she's going to sit down in a meeting and she's going to say, you want who to sell what in our Apple stores? Get serious. You know, I don't think that'll happen because Johnny Ive is too smart to fall for that. He, he knows what he has to do. Okay. Google doesn't know. Like Google has their TV technology of the day, Chromecast and this cast and Google TV. And I don't know what else TV. I mean, I'm trying to keep up with it. Every time well, they announce a new technology, it's kind of like what Microsoft used to do that, where they get up before a meeting and announce a new technology. Usually there was never a product attached to it. Look at what we're working on. This is going to happen. And sometimes it sort of does, sometimes it doesn't. Google is kind of trying to be Microsoft, I guess, well, in that how, respect. And the other thing I wonder about is how does this add to your life? I mean, it might be fun to sit down and play with a Chromecast for a few minutes and set up and watch some TV. But but how does the product really improve your life? I mean, if you don't have anything else, you don't have any other options, uh, you've cut the cord and, you know, you kind of feel like this is the right technical way to go. Maybe you feel like, you know, this device is your salvation. But in general, we want our devices to improve our lives. That's why Apple has such a big focus on the security of its phone, the secure enclave, the fingerprint recognition, secure financial transactions, and so on. We want our lives to be improved in some way. We want to be able to find that restaurant. We, we, we want to be able to, to use a map to, to find out where we're going. We, we, we want to be able to you know, find our car after we've parked it, and we want to be able to do our banking securely without worrying about getting hacked and so on. So in my mind, what I've been thinking about lately is, is you know, how do, how, does it, how do I size up a product in terms of it improving my life and, and, and making me appreciate it for what it does? And, and that's something we honor Apple for doing. And that's something I'm not really feeling the, the love for with uh, Google's new products. Well, it's the question they can't answer. How does this improve my life? How does Tilt to Scroll improve my life? How does a pebble improve my life? Does it do anything that my iPhone can't do already? What does it do? What's it there for? My wife is a tiny girl. She was less than five feet tall, very thin. If I handed her a Pebble watch, 
she'd look at the thing and say, what? Right. She'd think I was crazy. And I wouldn't hand it to her because she knows better. You know, she'll take her iPhone out of her purse. She has this watch that she got once as a premium for buying something or other, a purse or perfume or something. And she still uses that watch when she goes out. But to sell her an iWatch is going to be hard because she has a very sophisticated sense of fashion. It's going to be difficult. And that's one of the questions Apple's going to have to answer when and if the iWatch comes out. I assume there will be one. John Martellero, I have a question for you. Would you please tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you do? I am John Marchalero, Senior Editor for Analysis and Reviews at Mac Observer, www.macobserver.com. And you'll also find me from time to time at thestreet.com. Okay, hopefully we won't be in the street next week. Uh, John Martellero, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Always a pleasure. See you next time. UnseenNow.com, proud sponsor of GCN. Unseen Now's unparalleled encryption tools keep your communications secure. GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Hi, my name is Scott Fuchs, teacher and rowing coach for over 14 years. I was sluggish, overweight, on prescription drugs, and only 30-something. Fortunately, I was referred to Dr. Z, and happy to say Dr. Z's all-natural protocols over a consistent course resolved my health issues. I'm in the best shape of my life, and most importantly, on zero medications. I'm Dr. Zdanowski, author of Evology, trained as a primary care physician, surgical manipulation under anesthesia, expert in nutrition, diet, weight loss, immune system, and I specialize in chiropractic. My 15 years of professional experience has taught me the four keys to vibrant health, a balanced muscular skeletal system, an integrated nervous system, a flowing lymphatic system, and a body filled with over 90 essential nutrients. This has been a secret too long. Actualize your potential, reverse disease. Call me, Dr. Z. 201-945-1177, 201-945-1177, evolveyourself.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip 
the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MYTV. 1-855-905-MYTV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MYTV. 1-855-905-MYTV. What good is a big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So we have Kirk McElhern, sometimes known as the iTunes guy for Macworld Magazine. Kirk, welcome back. John Martellero likes you. He was telling me that he considers you a very good friend. Yeah, we had an exchange um, about newsstand by email just the other day. It was interesting because they do a, a, a daily podcast, like 15 minutes on the Mac Observer. And That's right. About- He's, he was on before you were, so we've already had him on. Yeah. We didn't bring up newsstand. Okay. We didn't well, have time. he talked about that on the podcast, and I sent him a little message saying, yeah, I feel exactly the same way. And so we had an email exchange. He's going to be writing about why he's canceling basically all of his magazine subscriptions via newsstand, which is something I'd already started to do. Why is that? Now, Apple made a big deal of this, that, you know, this is going to replace print magazines and everything. And of course, famously, Rupert Murdoch of what it's called 21st Century Fox now. And of course, that was News Corp. And he had a publication for The Daily, wasn't it called? The Daily or something like that. And The Daily went, bye-bye. Yeah, well, The Daily was a really... it was a lowest common denominator newspaper, which is what most of Murdoch's newspapers are, other than the Wall Street Journal. Um, he runs things like The Sun and The New York Post. And, you know, these are crappy newspapers. And The Daily was basically really uninteresting stories for people who don't care about news. It was just kind of like Fox News um, in a daily app. And it really wasn't. I remember, I, I think the first month was free. So all, we all tried it out at the time. But there was absolutely no reason to continue getting that. Basically, it was just a bad publication. It was a bad publication. It wasn't a problem with the technology. I think if the publication had been better, um, if it was better quality news stories, then it might have lasted. But in this case, it was a failure. It was aiming for a demographic probably that doesn't buy newspapers. Maybe it was figuring the people who don't buy newspapers would buy this because it's got the kind of news that's sort of light news as opposed to serious news. 
Well, isn't that what Fox News is already? No, that's not where it is. People are going to now contact me. So do you yeah. think here that <laughs> Apple should terminate newsstand with extreme prejudice or find a better way to do this? Well, it's a tough question. So my logic, I, I've got a couple of reasons um, that about a month ago, I realized that I just wasn't reading these magazines and I was going to cancel my subscriptions. One of the problems is that newsstand is a sort of a ghetto and you don't see what's inside it. You might see a little badge on the icon if you've got a new episode, depending on what your notifications are. Sorry, I said episode, new issue of a magazine, but you don't know how many issues you have. You know, when you get them in the mail, you pile them on your coffee table or wherever and they pile up if you don't read them. And they're a visual reminder. And that's not the case in newsstand. So I could go for weeks forgetting that there was a new issue of the New Yorker or a Time magazine. And then I'd go in and I'd say, oh, wow, I've got four issues. I'm just going to skim through it instead of taking any time to read it. So it really turned out to me to be just a waste that I wasn't reading the content that I was paying for. Let me tell you how I organize my magazines here. And it's kind of dumb. I have a file cabinet. And at the top of that file cabinet, I place all the magazines in two piles. These are the things I have to read. I have books to read for the PowerCast. I stick them up there. And each day I go through them and I look at the older magazines. I decide whether there's any content I need to save. If not, they go into the trash bin. They're recycled. And that's how I handle it. But if you hide the magazines where they're not readily visible, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. So I think one of the things, if Apple wanted to keep it alive, they would have to get rid of the newsstand app slash folder because it's sort of a combination of both, isn't it? Um, it's an app in the sense that it gathers together the other apps for, for magazines and it's got its own sort of special status, but it's really a folder. If you were able to have each magazine as a separate icon on your iPhone or on your iPad, with badges for each one saying how many issues, you'd probably be more likely to know what you've got when you have new issues to read. The fact that they're all stuck in newsstand, I think, is a problem. It, it, let's say you don't want to have all the, let's say you have 10 magazine subscriptions, you don't want them all on a home screen. You could put them in a folder yourself, but you've chosen to do that. Uh, Apple imposes this. And so for me, one of the big, one of the two main reasons that I've that I'm canceling everything is that I just don't read them. So I'm spending money for nothing. The, the other reason is I've had so many problems with downloads. Uh, an issue would start downloading. It would stop. There'd be an error. I'd have to start over. Um, and you know, we've talked about my bandwidth. I don't have fiber here. So 150 megabytes for a time magazine, for instance, if it gets three quarters of the way, then I have to start over, you know, that's 10 minutes or whatever to download. And then by the time it finally downloads, I've forgotten it. I've moved on to something else. So would a redesign of interface help? It might, but you still have the download problem. And so I think there are, I'm not sure what the issues are there. Um, I'm assuming each magazine is hosting the downloads themselves. And it's not Apple that's hosting them. In that case, the magazines themselves need to do work. But I also think there are some issues with the download process. Now, I don't think this is a newsstand problem per se. Um, if you've looked at a few magazines that go through newsstand, you'll notice that a lot of them use the same app. Um, I know Macworld and Time Magazine in New York are all use exactly the same app, just with slightly different um, styling on it. 
So it could be the problem of the app. It could be the problem of whatever servers hosting the issues themselves. I think it's less likely to be a problem with newsstand because I don't think newsstand itself is managing downloads. I think that all that's all newsstand is more of a folder than anything. It's the app store, of course. Well, it's it's a sort of app store folderish thing. You could it's probably similar to iBooks in the sense that it gives you access to a store, but it also holds content that comes from that store. Parenthetically, I don't know if you know this. Supposedly, Apple's content delivery network is now online in yeah. some parts of the world. So that means Apple is providing direct access. It's not going through a third party like Akamai. Of course, when they had the Yosemite public beta, things got stalled. Okay, so you know that's the problem with Newsstand. I never use it. <laughs> so if it disappeared, I wouldn't notice. Now, yeah. you and I have talked in the past about the differences between broadband in the U.S. and in Europe. And if you've lived in France for many years and now in the U.K., and you've got to go through a few hoops, just to let you know, more and more ISPs here are moving into much higher speed services. I just got a note. It was stuck on our daily newspaper, the Arizona Republic, saying that they're going to have something called Gig Life from Cox. And Cox is our main cable company here. They're going to have gigabit internet in the Phoenix area and a number of other metropolitan areas. You know, they're following what Google did, following what AT&T did. So suddenly, supposedly, we'll have this for downloads and uploads. So it's like instant gratification if we get it and if people can afford it, which is the big thing. Yeah, you have to see how much it's going to cost. Um, it, it's, in some ways, it's a shame I left York, which is where I was living when I first moved to the UK, because they're going to have gigabit internet, um, I think, by sometime next year. So they were chosen as the sort of pilot city in the UK um, to, to roll this out. Of course, where I am, I'm still at about two megabits um, by broadband. But I think the broadband is going to get faster because there's a plan to get fiber to the cabinet nearby. And I think I might be getting something maybe by the end of the year, which would be 10 or 15 megabits. So it still wouldn't be anywhere near what you're going to get, but it would be faster, I think. Let me tell you here, I had this sweetheart deal with CenturyLink as for 40 megabits down, 20 megabits up with a static IP number which is important if you, of course, got like a web server and the server has to accept your logins. And if you have a dynamic IP and it keeps changing, your firewall may kick in and cause problems, you know, to update your sites. So in this case here, I got a static IP number. I'll tell you more about what's going on in a moment, but we have Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of hb extract it's extremely effective and it starts working in just days visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers and we've never increased our price in over 10 years that makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it a healthy heart is a happy heart call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows you can't afford to wait so call 866-91-STEEL lock in your price now call 866-91-STEEL that's 866-917-8335 moms of america stand up and stop taking abuse from your kids i pledge never to let my kid disrespect me ever again i pledge to stop letting my daughter walk all over me I pledge to stop living in fear of my son's anger. I pledge never to feel like a bad parent ever again. Because I'm not. I pledge to stop letting my child's behavior control my home. I pledge to be a mom with kids who listen. A total transformation mom. I'm Janet Lehman, co-creator of the Total Transformation Program. We created the Total Transformation to help parents with difficult child behavior. Now I'm giving it away free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. We'll let you keep it for free. Call 1-800-256-7795. That's 1-800-256-7795. Call now. Call 1-800-256-7795. That's 1-800-256-7795. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle. Live with Gene Steinberg. Kirk McElhern, he's the one and only iTunes guy, except no substitutes. And if he's ever replaced by a woman, 
Would it be the iTunes, iTunes gal? gal? Yeah, I guess. Or they can just make it non-sexist and say the iTunes person. Yeah, but that doesn't sound the same. The whole When we started the column, what is it, two and a half years ago now? The whole idea was that, that sort of familiar thing of, you know, hey, ask the iTunes guy. Yeah, okay. Let's go back to CenturyLink. CenturyLink, of course, is one of the original telecoms. Of course, they bought out Quest, which was one of the telecoms established when AT&T was broken up back in the 1980s. All right. So they were bought out by CenturyLink. And the current service they offer, they gave me a sweetheart deal. And I really yelled at them. And they got the price down to below $37 a month. However, my current bill, and I'm going to look at it right now, is $31.89. Don't ask me what that is, except I guess it's one of these loyal customer credit kind of thingies. And therefore, it's good for another eight months. After that, it will go back to, what, $52, which isn't a big deal. You know, it's okay. Unless you have got the money, in which case it doesn't matter. But that's pretty cheap. That's as cheap as you're going to get in terms of getting high speed. I actually get 50 because we're in a pretty loose neighborhood. Okay, so that's the story. But now you were telling us in the past about one of the services you were using, I guess, for wireless was called Free. Free, I was using in France for a while for both internet and cell phone. Okay, the company who owns it is called Iliad, right? Yeah. It's not some kind of Greek novel. Let's just get away from that. No. Okay. So we now have the famous uncarrier in the U.S. called T-Mobile. T-Mobile doing fairly well financially, making money, adding subscribers, hand over foot, all sorts of nice deals. They got this outspoken CEO who's a really cool guy, a good character. They were talking about SoftBank, which owns Sprint, possibly buying T-Mobile, which would mean instead of four big providers in the U.S., you'd have three. That might cause regulatory things, like when AT&T tried to buy T-Mobile. Now we've got Iliad, which owns no properties, as I know of, in the United States. They're going after T-Mobile. What's up? Yeah, I saw that. I guess it was today, the day we're recording this show. I don't think they own anything, as you say, outside of France. Um, so Iliad is, is a, well, it's a, I guess it's a holding company, technically. Um, they own a French company called Free. They were founded in 1999. Free does internet and cell phone. They launched their cell phone service in January of 2012. And coincidentally, it was the day that I moved from one house to another in France. And I was able to to get, I had already ordered internet with them and I was able to get cell phone access with them. Um, When they came into the cell phone market, the average contract for a, uh, uh, for a smartphone, an iPhone contract was about 45 euros, 40 euros, 50 euros. And they came in with a 20 euro contract. You can even get a two euro contract with a limited number of minutes per month. And if you get internet from them, it's free. My 20 euro contract was five euros off since I was getting internet from them as well. So I was effectively paying 15 euros for contracts that other companies were selling three times as much. The thing that's surprising is what what I saw about this attempted buyout of T-Mobile is that most of this is going to be debt, that they don't have this kind of cash up front. Their revenue in, let's see, Wikipedia has revenue from 2007. 
That's not recent. It says a little over a billion euros. Let's say it's gone up to two billion since then because they've taken a big chunk out of the cell phone market. I can't understand why they're trying to buy something. What was the number? billion they're making an offer. So they'd be leveraging this whole thing. Why are they trying to get into the States rather than expanding throughout Europe, which is something they haven't done yet? So it's a bit perplexing. But then again, T-Mobile is a perplexing company. They're owned mostly by Deutsche Telekom. Here in the UK, whatever the T-Mobile was has merged with Orange to become a company called EE, which stands for Everything Everywhere. And in the different countries in Europe, they're owned by different people. So they were started by Deutsche Telekom, and they've sort of split up in many ways. Uh, it looks like Deutsche Telekom has wanted to get rid of them for a while because I think there was another company that was interested. Um, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know why this company is trying to do this. It seems like, as you would say, their eyes are bigger than their stomach here. They don't really, how can they leverage this much cash? Unless they have some kind of sweetheart deal, of course, with a bank. I don't know. I would kind of like to see it better because I like the competition. And the thing is here, too, that if Sprint and T-Mobile were to merge, it would be a big pain. The reason it would be a big pain is because Sprint uses CDMA like Verizon. That's right. Yep. And T-Mobile is T-Mobile using is GSM. GSM. So you have two incompatible networks it's going to cause a mess and all the things that T-Mobile is doing that's right, all the good stuff they're doing that's right because of the fact that they are being this upstart, what's going to happen during the time they try to integrate the two networks? It means for a couple of years, it's going to be a mess. Well, couldn't, may- they, couldn't they run both networks concurrently in that case? Well, the issue here, of course, is you'd want to be able to have the towers fill in each other's gaps, your cell capacity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And how do you set it up to run both simultaneously? You need different hardware. You know, I don't think there's such a thing as a combo board that you can stick into a tower where if you need CDMA, it's there. If you need GSM, it's there. Does that screw up capacity? I don't know whether that's possible. I guess in theory, anything is possible. It just sounds like it would be a big mess. A better question is why are there still these two standards in the U.S.? They're all going to LTE. Therefore, it's going to be one standard. Then the key is to move. But isn't LTE just just a different version of GSM? Well, they have LTE with Verizon, too. The difference is right now they're feeding audio on the older technologies. So if they could offer LTE with the audio, which they don't do now, Verizon, particularly. If they offer that, then I guess things are more compatible. I don't know. I just think when they look at stuff like this, they're not considering the issues of compatibility and efficiency. They're looking at money. They're looking at controlling the market. But okay, so I'm I'm on Wikipedia. LTE is an extension of GSM, so it's not CDMA. Why do you still have two networks in the states? Why do you still have two? I just don't understand the the, the point. Why hasn't everyone gone for one network? Doesn't wouldn't it make a lot more sense? I think the goal is to transition to that. It has to be because it makes no sense. It also, makes it easier for the hardware makers 
Because right now, if you look at the specs for an iPhone, it's got 60 zillion channels in there and different technologies and all sorts of stuff that costs money. Now, maybe it's a dollar per unit. I don't know. But it's complex and it can cause problems, I guess. Anyway, I'm not going to pursue this anymore. We'll see what happens. You know, is Iliad going to be able to do this? Will they take it seriously? You know, I tend to think for the sake of T-Mobile being acquired by someone who is not a competitor has got to be a better deal. We'll see. Also, T-Mobile has been going against the grain lately with a lot of their um, marketing approaches. And Free does that, too. So not only does Free have a very low-cost contract, it's a no-contract contract. You can cancel at any time. They don't sell phones on contract. They only, you can only do it with an unlocked phone. I think they sell unlocked phones directly, and they might spread the payment out over a few months. But you don't get locked into a contract the way you do with other providers. The same with internet. You don't have any specific contract. You can cancel you know, 30 days notice or whatever. Um, you can cancel at any time. And their pricing is aggressive. In France, they also provide TV over ADSL. Um, and the package that I had, I think it was 30 euros for internet and TV and another 15 for cell phone. That's a total of 45 euros. Let's call that about $70 for internet, TV, obviously not as many can- channels as cable in the States, but internet, TV, and cell phone. For all well, three. you know, that's the question too, of course. Here we have 300 channels on cable and satellite, of which you watch four. Now, yeah. where you were, did you get the same kind of deal where maybe you only got 100 channels, of which you only watch four? Let me do the break. Let's go to a break. Hey, that's a good idea. I got an idea. Let's go to a break, because Let's we're talking to Kirk McElhern. He's to the Gene I- Steinberg. Say it again. We're talking to Gene Steinberg, and this is the Tech Night Owl Live. nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network the genesis communications network g c n do you ever feel like you live in an alternate universe as the stock market hits new highs the middle class are dying manipulated financial markets and economic figures chaos on our border china and russia bypassing the dollar life is getting ready to change you need to prepare to thrive in the new economy go to babyboomerbackupplan.com or call 888-507-8789 that's 888-507-8789 hi this is ted anderson have you ever wondered why banks stockbrokers investment advisors won't talk about gold iras they've been available since 1986 yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement gold is out perform paper investments yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. This is big! By popular demand, the Freeze-Dry Guys Giant Factory Authorized Sale has been extended. 
Now through August, save 30 to 45% on number 10 cans of high-quality Mountain House freeze-dried foods from the Freeze-Dry Guy. Now's the time to stock up on all factory-fresh stock of the finest, best-tasting, longest-proven shelf-life foods in the industry at giant savings of 30 to 45%. But hurry, supplies are limited, so this sale is only through the end of August. Call 866-404-3663. Free shipping to the lower 48 states. Click freezedryguide.com or call 866-404-3663. That's freezedryguide.com. Hurry, the giant factory authorized Mountain House sale with savings of 30 to 45% is extended through August. From the freeze-dry guy, the finest freeze-dried and dehydrated foods available anywhere for long-term storage. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Kirk McElhern is here. He's trying to take over the show, I think. He's the iTunes person. And if he was an alien, would he be the iTunes thing? Being an equal opportunity offender, Macworld says, okay, we've got aliens in our midst. These are the ones who ride around in those flying saucers. Let's have one of them help us with iTunes, get kind of an alternative slant. Hey, let's move away from this, okay? Because all this stuff with it, telecoms. Just, just, to go, just to go back to TV, because there's one thing interesting about the way free approach TV. You got the basic 20 channels that you can get on digital, and you probably got another 20 more that were free, as in non-paid, over the ADSL. And if you wanted other ones, you would buy them a la carte. So if you wanted to go for, you could get a package of movie channels, but I remember my son Percival was enjoying watching, I think it was called ESPN Europe. So they broadcast a whole lot of sports from the US, and he paid for that something like two euros a month. And you could go through the list of channels and you could choose a channel that's a euro a month, another one that's three or four, another one that's two, and you could pick anything you want. You weren't stuck into bundles. They did offer bundles for the things like movie channels and sports, but for all the rest, you could just pick whatever channels you want. Well, of course, sometimes if you add up the bundles and then you consider the a la carte, the a la carte costs a lot more. Well, you know, we're going to see what happens now. Now we have the U.S., we have... AT&T acquiring DirecTV, both of which offer TV cable-type services. We're going to see what happens. All right. You are an article reviewing the USB mic that you currently it's use. Tape. It's called the USB table mic. Okay, it's a USB table mic. Now, the point to make here is that there are a lot of mics you can get. Say you want, for example, to just do voice recognition they have different headsets and everything but say you want to be a podcaster you want to be a radio broadcaster so you get a usb mic and there are a lot of really good ones out there and you reviewed one now the one i have here is the blue yeti pro and what the yeti pro is it's a combo mic it has usb if i want it for travel and it's got a traditional mic connector if i'm using an analog mixer which i am Tell us about the one you have. Well, this is, so it's called the USB table mic, and there are three models. One is a three-in-one, a six-in-one, and a nine-in-one. What does um, that mean? Just mean? Well, it's all the different features. Um, the one I have is the nine-in-one. It's got a speaker, so if you're using Skype, you can speak into the microphone and, and hear from the speaker um, on the base of the, of the device. It's got a couple of USB ports in the back. It's got a headphone port, so 
as we're talking now, I'm talking into the mic and I've got my Sennheiser PX200 headphones that are plugged into the back of the device. Um, it's got an SD card and a USB plug on top as well. So it's quite versatile. It's, you know, it looks like one of those microphones you often see in conference rooms when you, uh, with this big conference table, maybe there's politicians and there's a base station with a boom coming out of it. And the boom's very small. It's very narrow. It's about as thick as a pencil, but it's about two and a half feet long when it's fully extended. Um, it's got two goosenecks, so it flexes at the bottom above the base and at the top, just below the microphone section. I first reviewed this um, for speech recognition. I had heard about it a couple of years ago, and I contacted the company in Belgium that makes it, and they sent me one. And it turned out to be just about the most accurate mic I tried for working with Dragon Dictate, the speech recognition software for Mac. Well, since then, I've kept using it in part when I dictate, but also for podcasts, because your Blue Yeti is a big, massive mic. It looks like one of those old radio mics. And takes up a lot of space. That's its uh, charm. That's its charm. But this thing, the base is about, let's see, four inches by four inches. It's not a square, but sort of. And since it's got a long boom and goosenecks, I can put it on the side. Um, it's sitting to the right of my trackpad, and the boom is coming out directly, more or less directly in front of my computer. It's a lot more flexible than a big mic that has to be right in front of you and that takes up space on your desk. And of course, it's it's. I use it for two things: speech recognition. It's the best um, wired mic you can get for speech recognition, and for podcasting. Okay. Um, you you couldn't use your Yeti for speech recognition. It doesn't have noise canceling. See, this has a noise cancellation thing. It's got an equalizer. Um, it's got some fancy circuitry, which is what makes it so good for speech recognition. But at the same time, it's fine to use for Skype and podcasting and any other any other thing that you would need to record your voice from. Now, I'll tell you something here. Listening to it at this end, it's a little tinny. I'll tell you that right honestly. Okay. All right. Your voice sounds thinner than it should sound. But the big thing I have against a lot of these USB mics is the fact that they lack a mute switch. Now, when I go to USB mode on this, any blue microphone, most of them anyway, they have a mute switch. And it's very useful because if you're sitting there and you're talking to somebody, and you're listening to them, you know, maybe you're going to cough or you're moving things around or setting things up. You don't want people to hear that. You don't want me to sit here with my pen and doing this. You don't want to hear that. So I turn off the mic. Now, with my mixer, I just move the slider to zero. It takes less than a second. It goes like this and then back up again. Okay, that's how I mute my microphone. Now, if I right. was on the road, I would push a little button, which is inoperative when it's on the XLR kind of connector. Okay. So you can buy a, a foot pedal that goes with this microphone, and that's designed to mute the microphone. And it's mostly designed for when you're working with dictation software, because when your computer is transcribing what you say, you don't want to be saying something when you don't want it to be transcribing. Does that make sense? A foot pedal. Yeah, it's a little foot pedal. So okay. you can, you, you press it once and it mutes, you press it again and it unmutes. And so you're dictating onto your computer, the phone rings, you press the foot pedal, it mutes, and you pick up the phone and you talk and your computer's not transcribing your phone conversation. Now that sounds like an interesting thought. Now, in terms of equalization, do you have like a flat setting there 
that maybe will give no, a wider there, frequency there are, range? There's there's two settings. There's one for general audio and there's one for speech recognition. And the speech recognition setting, I'm pretty sure, is using wideband audio, but limiting it to the voice frequencies. Okay, right now, you're using for speech recognition. That's your setting. Um, uh, 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 let's see, the green button. Okay, we're going to try so an experiment. Changed, Folks, we're going to try an experiment. I've just changed the setting now. I've Pardon? just changed the setting now. Does, I've just changed the setting. Does it sound any different now? What is it set to now? It's set to the blue. There's a, there's a button you press. There's an LED. It's either green or blue. Green is speech recognition, and blue is standard audio. So there's no processing going on on the audio. All right, well. Does we'll it sound any different to you? Of course, we're doing this over Skype, so it's not really the best way to tell. Okay, I don't hear much of a difference. Okay. From my um, end. I, it, it probably, the, the bandwidth that Skype uses is so low um, that any change this makes, you probably wouldn't hear. Right. It also depends on your connection. also depends on the mic and everything else. I have no idea what I sound like to him. I probably sound like I'm on helium or something. You know, I, I probably sound like, hi, folks, how are you? You know, like that. So that's how it goes. <laughs> I have well, no idea what I we just s- said. I have no idea what we're talking about, but that's typical of this show, some people say. Some of our critics say, you know, this guy, he just talks about Max. He knows nothing else. And the fact, of course, that Apple is still the largest company of the world by market cap. So how do you not talk about them? I don't know. Hey, speaking of talking about Apple, you did a piece not too long ago, about Apple's OS X Yosemite public beta. The public beta went live last week, folks. So that means you could, if you signed up, download a five gigabyte file, watch your bandwidth cap if you use satellite internet like Kirk does, and you install it over a Mac system running Mavericks, and suddenly you're in the future, the next version of OS X. But you're advising, you know, maybe we should be a little bit cautious about that. Don't take this willy-nilly. Oh, it's so fabulous. We're going to try out the next Mac OS two or three months ahead of the release. And it sounds like a lot of fun. Let's just enjoy the beta test. But you know something? This is an operating system, and there have to be terms and conditions and warnings. From Kirk McElhern, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. So here's 
here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Quantitative easing, unemployment at depression levels, Europe financial system falling apart, China getting out of U.S. treasuries. At the end of 2008, the time of TARP, the national debt was at 11 trillion gold, trading around $850 per ounce. Close to 2012, the national debt exceeded 16.4 trillion, gold doubled to $1,600 per ounce. The 20 trillion threshold for the national debt is inevitable. Politicians in Washington have a ferocious appetite for spending and stimulus. What's worse, a printing press to finance. Hey folks, this is Larry Crisp for BabyBoomerBackupPlan.com. I'm sure you know this economy sucks. We all realize that the American economy is tremendously unstable right now and will likely get much worse. There's monumental debt, government bailouts, stock and real estate bubbles that are primed to pop at any moment, which can flush away most or all of your retirement savings. This type of movement has enormous consequences. Virtually zero sectors of the economy are hiring and workforce participation is at record lows. Financial trouble is right here at our doorstep. But if you move right now and develop a backup plan immediately, this could be the most profitable time of your life. Proportionately, more millionaires were created during the Great Depression than at any time in our history. Get my free report at babyboomerbackupplan.com or call 888-507-8789 for my free report. 888-507-8789 and prepare to profit as history repeats itself. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of HB extract. It's extremely effective and it starts working in just days. Visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So I don't know how many slots Apple has left for the Yosemite beta test. It's open for 1 million people, and I assume a very small fraction of Mac users will either know about it or bother. Okay, so say Apple has some more slots open to sign up for the Yosemite public beta. Why should I not do it or at least be careful about it? 
Well, the first thing is that I'm surprised to see that they do have slots open. When you go to the page, appleseed.apple.com, you can still sign up. Now, I expected, they said they would have a million slots, and I expected this to be basically sold out on the first day, and that's not the case. So if you do want to do it, you still can, appleseed.apple.com. But the real question is, why bother? If you're not a professional, and by that I mean a developer, um, a tech journalist like you and I, or you might work in a field where you use computers and you need to work on interfaces for things for your company, and you know, an IT guy in a big company is going to roll out a bunch of Macs, so you want to get a, a look at the Yosemite before it's released. If you're not in that situation, there's not a real advantage to installing this beta. You'll see some stuff a couple of months before other people, but that's about it. The first betas, it's fair to say, were unstable, and this is always the case. The most recent beta is pretty stable. The interface isn't entirely finished, but it's probably getting pretty close. But too many people are going to download this and stick it on their Mac and think, wow, I'm running Yosemite and it's cool. But this is a beta. Beta means unfinished, risky, you could lose all your data stuff. At a minimum, if you're going to do this, if you have a real valid reason to do this, other than just curiosity, you need to do it on an external disk or partition, or if you've already got partitions, or you could do it with something like VMware Fusion or Parallels, where you set it up on a virtual machine, although I found it's pretty slow to run like that. But it's just simply that this is a risky thing to do to install a beta operating system. It's not like a beta of Microsoft Word or Pages or something like that. This is everything that runs your computer here. So it just seems to me that most people shouldn't even consider doing this. And let's really emphasize the possible loss of data. Now, there have been one or two OS X releases over the years where the initial release, and in one or two cases that I know of, it was due to third-party incompatibility, not Apple's, would trash an external hard drive because it happened to me once. I was selling a Mac, and I had the external hard drive, which was packaged with it, and the guy is at the house ready to do the transaction. And guess what happens? Oh, my God. You put God. up with a question mark? No, well, the external drive wouldn't load. Ah, at all. Okay. At all. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, folks. This isn't a very happy situation. But we're talking about some years later, I assume Apple is more aware of that potential problem now. And I haven't heard of drives being trashed by Yosemite betas. But the point being here is you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if the software you run normally is going to work or not. Like, for example, for this show, we use Audio Hijack Pro from Rogue Amoeba. Now, with the release of the public beta, they came out with Yosemite-compatible software. And we're still using Mavericks on this machine for production. I have an external drive with a partition for Yosemite. So I might try to record or edit shows there, but not now. I need to get the shows out. I need to meet a deadline. This is business. The key is here, if you run beta operating systems, don't use it for production. Yeah. The problem is, you know, a lot of people have more than one computer, so they can install it on an older Mac or a second Mac. In my case, I've got it on an external disk with my laptop, but I wouldn't install it on my laptop yet internally because it's just too much of a risk. And it's not always that easy to wipe and reinstall an older operating system. It's a headache. It's, it's a lot of work. It's, it's easier than with iOS where a device is actually registered and it's very, very hard to get it unregistered. But even with Yosemite, if you've installed it on your computer, you're going to have to 
wipe everything and download a new installer. You can't just go back and install Mavericks over Yosemite. So now, let me tell you what I did. I ran into a problem with, I'm not going to get into much detail, trying to install the first developer release. I want to list Yosemite. the problem be, of Yosemite. I want to list the problem because I think that we're getting into the edges of Apple's NDA. So I had an external clone backup. All I did was I wiped the internal drive and I yeah, restored and the clone backup, which of course right. reflected the condition of the Mac before the Yosemite installation because I updated the installation and the backup. By doing that, it took a couple of hours or so for the process yeah. to complete. I don't have solid state drives and everything. So that's how it goes. So I went away for lunch and I did a few other chores that did not require my presence in the office. And when I came back, everything was loaded. Everything was normal. I restarted the Mac and I was back to normal the way before the installation. Now, I ended up installing Yosemite. Of course, that was a stupid chance, but really, I was able to restore a backup anyway. It didn't matter. What I did then was to create a smaller partition for Yosemite on the external drive, and that's where I'm running the updates. And I'll continue yeah. doing that until I think the thing is ready. And that's probably going to be like a month before the final release. So I've got a month and a half or two to go. Well, we're early August. I can't see it coming out in early September. I was thinking um, of what they call the Golden Master, which comes well, out. Well, even like the Golden Master is about two weeks before the official release. And usually, um, though, the last month is fairly slick. Wasn't it October when Mavericks finally came out? Right. Um, so if they do that this time, it'll be the same thing, except for the one issue that may make Yosemite come out earlier is this. It depends on iOS 8 for continuity, a very key feature. I've seen some rumors suggesting that they won't come out at the same time, that Yosemite would come out first. Well, iOS 8 will come out because they have to sell the new iPhone with it. True. They don't really need Yosemite for a new Mac. Exactly. So with the new iPhone, which we assume will come out like the last week or the last 10 days of September. So if it is ready, if Yosemite came out the same time, now you can enjoy the feature. It would look good from a marketing standpoint. It would. If you stagger the releases... And you're saying, we got this great big feature, continuity, hand off everything. But oh, you have wait. to wait. That yeah. doesn't sound good. Well, now we know why they've got their content delivery network set up. Because as we've seen in recent years, every time there's a major update, a new version of iOS, a new major version of iOS or OS X, it can be very, very slow to download. Oh, yeah. So with this new content delivery network, come September, October, we should be able to get faster downloads instead of... I mean, I remember seeing a new iOS version, maybe six or seven coming at a hundred K per second. And this was when I had a 15 megabit connection. Um, and that's Apple servers because they're so overloaded because so many people are demanding it so quickly. But now we kind of hope it's going to be better. Well, it should be. Apparently Apple spent a lot of money on this and just a content delivery network just means they got a whole bunch of servers in a lot of different places. Um, what I read is that this is in the U S and Europe only for now. Long and short of it, there is a slight chance, not a great chance, that Apple will decide to release iOS 8 and OS 10 Yosemite at the same time so all the continuity features work well together. And Let's continue that in our next segment with Kirk McElhern. Okay. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Great minds think alike. The net. 
Network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Springtime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know spring is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Log on for spring specials, including our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, Hootia and Metabolic Complex, and ProMetabolic, all on sale now. Also, the Anti-Parasite Intestinal Freedom and Warwood Plus Complex, plus Stevia Liquid Sweetener and the Super Enzymes, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and click on Spring Specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the field is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from ProFlowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to ProFlowers.com. Click the blue microphone in the top right corner 
and enter code PLOW. That's proflowers.com. Click the mic and enter code PLOW. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Kirk McElhern, the iTunes thing, person, guy, whatever. Let's call him the iTunes. The iTunes human. The iTunes human. Hello, human. Where do you come from, France? No, but not anymore. He's in the UK. (laughs) Not anymore. Uh, I'm going to start sounding like Dan Aykroyd. I wish I had his money, but I don't want to weigh as much as he does. All right. So Apple is setting up their content delivery network. Supposedly, it's in the US and Canada so far, right? And Europe. It's in the US and Europe. I don't see Canada. I'm looking on Mac Rumors, and they're talking about it. So yeah, what it is is basically just they've got a bunch of big servers with huge pipes. The, the article here is saying it, it cost them $100 million to set it up. Which is chump change for Apple. It's true. And multiple terabits of data per second. A terabit would be 1,000 gigabits. So that's a lot of bits. Yeah, what's a couple of bits among friends? Hmm. Um, and apparently Apple's paid Comcast, um, who I guess is the lead backbone from this network. Maybe it's it's not clear. Apple hasn't really said anything about this, so we don't know exactly how this is going to work. Is this only for um, iOS and OS 10? Is this also for the iTunes store? I would think that eventually Apple will want to have their own content delivery network for all of their content, but it's very possible that they're, that the Akame is enough um, for the iTunes store, and it's good enough since since Akame is is present around the world that's good enough for the iTunes store. And they might just be building this for iOS, uh, OS 10, big downloads like that. You know what? With Apple, I think they want to control everything. They do not want to have to depend on a third-party provider. Plus, cloud services are very important. And of course, right now, Apple is working with IBM for the enterprise, and that's going to include industrial strength cloud services. So I expect Apple is working with IBM on technologies to build out a much better iCloud, a much better set of content delivery services. You know, remember, this is IBM's expertise, the high-end stuff. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense with all that they're doing with iCloud and, and the enterprise approach to iCloud. Um, it makes a lot of sense for them to be controlling that as well. Right. So I think there are a lot of things and a lot of elements in this partnership with IBM and Apple. It's not just to sell iPhones and iPads or to produce some vertical apps, 100 vertical apps. There's a lot more going on there because these two are working closely together. And certainly we forget that Tim Cook worked once at IBM for like 10 years or so. And there was also a story, by the way, just in passing, that the CEO of IBM, her computers consist of a Mac, an iPad, and an iPhone. Mm. I can almost believe it. You know, what the heck? Well, IBM doesn't make PCs anymore. You know, they sold that to, what, Lenovo years ago. Yes. Do, do they still have their own branded computers at all? You know what? That's interesting. Let's go to IBM.com and see. IBM.com. And I'm going there right now. 
And I'm because seeing because they used to. What was that line of computers with the nipple in the middle of the keyboard? Oh, they the, had the ThinkPads. ThinkPads, yeah, those ThinkPads were quite popular for a while. No, they have high-end stuff like Unix servers. Okay. Yeah, they they're not doing any, um, you know, endpoint stuff anymore. I mean, if you have a data center, you run a web hosting service, and you want not just the generic servers, like most of the web hosts use something called Supermicro, which is kind of like the old Dell of servers because they're very inexpensive and they include the standard hardware everyone needs. So you'll see Supermicro. You'll then see Dell servers and then sometimes HP. But Supermicro is what most of these web hosts get. You look it up, you'll see what I'm talking about. No, IBM is using high-end servers. They're not making any end endpoint machines at all anymore. Even even that someone else would be making and selling under their brand name. No, not anymore. Oh, wait, wait, wait. At the bottom of the page, shop and buy personal computers. Yes, they are. Look at this. They've got laptops, desktops, monitors. Interesting. It's not easy to find. You have to go to the footer of the main page. It's a very small link. It's talking about IBM certified pre-owned computers. Pre-owned. So, yeah, here... They're selling a, a Lenovo ThinkPad 499. So they're still selling some stuff. But the stuff it, is made by Lenovo. Yeah. Well, that's not surprising. But what's surprising is that they're still selling something with their brand name on. Well, it's an accommodation, I think. An accommodation for customers who need to f get a complete business solution. It's not just high-end servers. They need personal computers. So they probably make a deal with Lenovo. But just watch here how long it will take before they start offering Macs as part of the package. Yeah, but all that they're selling here is pre-owned, which I, I kind of wonder, is this stuff that they've sold to companies that companies have sold back? It's kind of strange. Why IBM would be selling something like that rather than, as you say, if customers want it, they'd sell them new stuff. You know, I remember my first corporate job, um, I worked for a, a consulting actuarial firm doing calculations for retirement benefits. This was back in the suit and tie day. And we had some terminals hooked up to an IBM mainframe in the office that we used for certain calculations. Um, and we'd get the printout on, you know, those, what you call those old printout sheets with the, you know, the perforated printout sheets and all this. This was back in the late 1970s. So IBM was, you know, big blue back then. Um, they were using dot... Matrix Dot printers. Matrix. Yep. And they were big blue and they came out with all their PCs shortly after and they were they were just everything in business for a while. And look at them now. Everything's changed. I mean, they're still doing the high-end stuff, but it's it's changed so much um what they're selling and what their positioning is in the market. They're positioning it towards a larger company. So if a company goes in there and they want to buy smartphones, they're not going to buy fifty or a hundred, they'll buy ten thousand. They yeah. want tablets, they'll buy 10,000. And yeah. when Apple looks at those numbers, especially now with the iPad sales stalled, because there's no fast replacement cycle of tablets. It's a big issue. You know, it's not like you buy a new smartphone every year or two. You know, you buy an iPad, you use it for a few years, like a personal computer. So Apple has to expand, extend the market. This is one way where they can do that. You know, you're selling 10,000 or 50,000 units at a clip, pretty soon you've got a lot of money there. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see how 
that marriage of IBM and Apple works out. Well, remember, hey, a- who, who, who knows? Maybe we're going to see something with, uh, with Apple and Microsoft one of these days, too. And I mean more than just, you know, Microsoft apps for the iPad. Well, look at it this way. Right now, the only pure touch version of Office is on the iPad. And Microsoft has reported like the first month 27 million downloads. And they're updating it at a pretty good clip. I mean, every couple of weeks there are updates, which is unusual for Microsoft. You know, Microsoft comes out with a minor update every four months or six months. And you look at that, the iPad version of Office, it's been, what, two or three major upgrades since it first came out a few months ago. So they're working that a good clip. Yes, they bought the Nokia handset division, but nobody wants to buy Windows Phone. The Surface tablet's a big failure. So what is Microsoft to do? Well, I guess they're not talking so much about devices and services anymore. So at the end of the day, making a deal with Apple, extending the platform by providing services for Apple, providing software and everything else, it doesn't hurt their bottom line. No, but it'll be interesting to see what happens to them in the future. But that that's speculation for another show, because there's a lot of speculation that can go on there. Oh, we can speculate forever and never get anywhere. Even with the deal with Apple and IBM. And remember, famously, Apple and IBM have had other deals since the 90s, including the PowerPC. They were part of the Apple Motorola Consortium, IBM. And they produced the G5. That didn't go very well, as we learned. We have Kirk McElhern. He goes very well. We haven't figured out with what yet, but we'll answer that in the next segment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic
historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. This is big! By popular demand, the Freeze-Dry Guys Giant Factory Authorized Sale has been extended. Now through August, save 30 to 45% on number 10 cans of high-quality Mountain House freeze-dried foods from the Freeze-Dry Guy. Now's the time to stock up on all factory-fresh stock of the finest, best-tasting, longest-proven shelf-life foods in the industry at giant savings of 30 to 45%. But hurry, supplies are limited, so this sale is only through the end of August. Call 866-404-3663. Free shipping to the lower 48 states. Click freezedryguide.com or call 866-404. 3663. That's freezedryguide.com. Hurry! The giant factory authorized Mountain House sale with savings of 30 to 45% is extended through August from the Freeze Dry Guy, the finest freeze dried and dehydrated foods available anywhere for long term storage. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We're on the Tech Night Out Live. By the way, we have another outlet carrying our show. The IRN Internet Radio Network has picked up our show as well. So lots more listeners out there. We have Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, human person, whatever. If he was a thought form, we call him the iTunes id. The iTunes idea. Well, remember this. There was a movie in the 50s called Forbidden Planet. And the villain was somebody's subconscious, the monster from the id. So right. you're the okay. iTunes from the id. Okay. Okay, you okay. appreciate that. All right. Yeah, I guess. And who are you? Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows the troubles I've seen. Now, seriously speaking, people have been trying to figure me out for years, and considering that I also do a paranormal radio show, and I write science yeah, that, fiction. That's where it gets weird. That, that's where you're hard to figure out. But you think I, I, all, all, I respect, you know, I, I respect people who have a, a wide range of interests like that. You must imagine that my reading list is pretty weird. <laughs> you know, I'm reading a book. Let me just grab one off the shelf here. This one just arrived the other day. It's called 
Demon Street, the true story of a very haunted house. Okay? And it's written by a guy named David Roundtree and Robbie Lunt. David Roundtree has been on the Paracast. That's what I'm reading. On the one hand. On the other hand, I had that little article from a website about this French telecom company buying T-Mobile. So why don't you juxtapose that or assume maybe that T-Mobile's headquarters are on Demon Street? No, that doesn't make okay. sense. No, but I, you know, life is varied and interesting and all the better to have lots of interesting things around you. I think it's wonderful. Not, not that I'm particularly interested in the Paracast and all that stuff, but I just find it interesting that people can have such a wide variety of interests. Yeah, but you live in the UK. There's a lot of haunted houses over there. You don't live in a converted haunted house, do you? Well, I live in a converted barn. The manor house across the way could be haunted. Um, apparently, King John, and I think this is like the 12th century, gave the person who lived in the manor house at the time, I guess it would have been an abbot or something, the power of life and death over the village. There was some sort of thing I read in a local some the local historical thing. Let me interrupt you here. When you want to call an abbot, do you say, hey, abbot? Hey, abbot. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't understand it. They, they don't know Abbot Costello here. I don't think Abbot Costello have made it on TV at all. My, I sat down with my partner the other night. We watched a couple episodes of The Honeymooners. She had never heard of it, never seen it. So she wouldn't know about Abbott and Costello or Martin and Lewis or anything like that? No, well, Martin and Lewis, maybe. They were, they were pretty big. But Abbott and Costello, I think the reason we know Abbott and Costello so much is because they were in such heavy syndication. I mean, I remember, was it every Sunday morning in New York that there was always an Abbott and Costello movie on like 11 a.m.? The TV show was on constantly. I mean, constantly. And that show was only on for a year or two. I think it was only on for two seasons. Um, and it's like The Honeymooners. There were only those 39 episodes, which was really just one season, until, what was it, in the 90s when they found what they called The Lost Episodes. But all those years that we were seeing The Honeymooners, it was the same 39 episodes over and over. The other and show they repeated all the time was Superman. The original Adventures no. of Superman with George Reeves. And no, they made about 100 episodes of that show over the years. No, the things that, that were in syndication the most, at least late evening syndication in New York, um, was the Honeymooners and the Twilight Zone. Okay, that's the evening. I'm speaking of the morning. Okay, Saturday, Sunday morning, they might have been Superman. Okay, Ventures of Superman was repeated very, very often, syndicated. I Love yeah, Lucy I was that. also syndicated. But, you know, we're dealing there with now the worldwide phenomenon where a show that's popular in one country might be popular in others. So movies now premiere across the world, and sometimes a movie that doesn't do so well in the U.S., the overseas receipts make up the difference. Now, of course, we have this phenomenon later this month, the brand new Doctor Who. Peter Capaldi takes over, and that's going to be simulcast by the BBC and by BBC America, and they're even going to put the thing, an expanded version, into a few movie theaters. Yeah, I just got an email before the show from the local movie theater here talking about how tickets are on sale for that. Um, Probably be sold out in about three seconds. Yeah, bro broadcast to movie theaters are quite a big thing here for theater and opera and other things. So like the Monty Python show, I don't know if that made it to the States. It but did. It was broadcast to cinemas here. Um, the last performance, which was what, about 10 days ago or last weekend? I'm not sure. 
but it's very big. It's what they call event cinema, and it's really a very popular thing here now. I don't see the point of putting a Doctor Who in the cinema. Um, as you say, it might be expanded, but what's it going to be? It's not going to be a longer episode. Yes, it's, the first episode will be about movie length, like 90 minutes or so. Yeah, but isn't that the same that you're going to get on TV? No, it's going to have a little bit more content. Okay. That's what they're telling. That's what they're saying now. Now, the key is also what's changed in show business also is now you have the crossovers. It used to be that a movie star at the end of their career or things aren't going well, they go to TV. Now it is Holly Barry, Oscar winner, movie star. She's doing a TV series in the U.S., Extant. Do you know who has that here? Amazon. They've got the exclusive on Prime Instant Video, and it's the first TV series that they've gotten like that. I know that they didn't produce it. Um, it's, it's not like a Netflix thing where it's original stuff. I mean, Amazon's been doing some original stuff, but they've got it on Prime Video here in the UK. Right. Then we had the show True Detective with yeah. Matthew McConaughey just around the time he won his Oscar. So it's a point now, and I've seen interviews with a lot of these stars, where you know the advantage of TV is one when they bring a big star in for a TV series, it's not 26 episodes where they're working basically 10 months a year, working yeah. day and night. It's 10 or 13 episodes. So they could sit there, go to the same studio every day, be with their families. They don't have to go to location shooting. And it's good for their families, especially stars in their 30s and 40s. And they're bringing up their families and they don't want to travel as much, but they still get a regular paycheck. They get the exposure, and sometimes they're more famous for the TV show than any movie they've ever done. Suddenly, you know, they'll make movies for years, and then they do a TV show. And suddenly, my God, people see them on the street. They're the most famous person on the planet. Well, over here, what's interesting is you're getting more and more movie and TV stars doing uh, theater. So one of the next broadcasts to the cinema, actually, is from London. It's um, a streetcar named Desire with Julian Anderson. Now she's been doing. T- she's been living in the UK for a while, and she did a TV series, I think last year or the year before, one of these six-episode detective series. But you've got Benedict Cumberbatch, who's going to be doing Hamlet in London next year. Um, Tom Hiddleston did a Shakespeare play called Coriolanus last year, which I saw again broadcast to cinemas. Now Tom um, Hiddleston is Loki. He's in- Loki. Right in Thor. But the other thing about Tom Hiddleston, now he's a wacky guy. He's funny. He's really good. He's a young guy, and I think in his earlier mid-30s. They're talking of having him play Hank Williams. And if you look at the picture of Tom Hiddleston and Hank Williams, they look alike. Tom Hiddleston as Hank Williams. Can't get over that. Kirk, tell our listeners where they can find more of the things that you do, maybe. Well, you can stop by my website. It's called Kirkville, and the address is McElhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. And you can find me at Macworld, where, as Gene pointed out, I am the iTunes guy. I'm just getting over Tom Hiddleston as Loki and Hank Williams. Think of the connection if there is one. No, I'm not going to yep. do that. All right. Or uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter, where we're known as Tech Night Owl. Tech Night Owl on Twitter. And you can also go to our web portal at technightowl.com. That's technightowl.com. And on our other radio show, that other show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night, the Paracast, we have Stanton Friedman. Stan is the dean. 
of UFO researchers. You know, he's been all over the world talking about UFOs, TV, radio, everywhere. Paracast.com, Paracast.com. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me again, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.